Good afternoon. And welcome to the Lotus Flower Podcast. I am your host, Reverend Dr. Pamela Robinson. And I am so excited this afternoon to have with me a very special guest. However, before we go into who our guest is, I'd like to do a little bit of housekeeping. I see you, Miss Onyx. Going to do a little housekeeping. And we're going to let our audience know this afternoon about the Lotus Flower Podcast once again. The Lotus Flower Podcast. Our aim is to educate, equip, and empower our listening audience while sharing spiritually relevant, culturally uplifting educational topics. The Lotus Flower name originates from the water lily. The water lily has really specific characteristics that are very resilient. You see, this flower is definitely a flower that is out of the ordinary. It is a flower that blooms in adversity. You see, the lotus flower has to actually push its way through muddy, murky waters in order to rise and bloom into a beautiful pink and white flower. This particular flower actually signifies the strength that lies in all of the stories that we have had on our Lotus Flower podcast. Our podcast guests are determined to show that they are able to come out of life difficulties without any smell of smoke. The Lotus Flower podcast, we are here to make sure that this atmosphere is one of positivity and one that's releasing a natural, beautiful fragrance into the atmosphere. Join us for the Lotus Flower Podcast. We air 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We air on Spotify. We air on RSS feed. We air on Google Podcasts, on Reason FM, and on Amazon Music Podcast. Yes, please be sure not only to listen to the podcast, but I invite you to like, share, and most importantly, subscribe to the Lotus Flower Podcast. Won't you help us reach our 700 subscribers by the end of this year? So go ahead, click that subscribe button, and when you do, you'll be sure to receive every podcast that airs with us. You'll never miss an episode. Yes, thank you so much. And we look forward now to introducing our special guest. Our featured guest today is Miss Onyx King. Miss Onyx King, her real name is, however, Antoinette Bryce, she is 52 years old. She's a newlywed, recently married to the love of her life, Keith Bryce. Miss King is the mother of three adult children 
and two bonus adult children. She is the grandmother of nine. Ms. King was just nominated and won the 2021 Kingdom Image Award Author of the Year. Yes, and for that, we are so excited for her. She <laughs> was also nominated to win another award, which I will allow her to tell you about. And when she was at that award presentation, she was able to meet Jennifer Hudson. Many of you may know the renowned Jennifer Hudson. And she was in her company as well as in the company of many other people that are considered having made it in the gospel industry. But we know that God took Miss Onyx there because it was her time for such a time as this. Now, also, Miss King is a emerging author. She has written two books. They are both featured on Amazon. Her first book that she has written is entitled Pandemic. Pandemic, a quote from Pandemic is as follows. It says, I'm going to die. This was the thought running through my mind as I lay on the gurney in the emergency room. Honestly, I did not know whether that was true, but what I did know was that I could barely breathe. I had a horrible cough and my temperature was 100.2 degrees. I was deathly afraid. That is a quote from the book, Pandemic. You've got to get the book. The next book that Ms. King has written is entitled, Even Me. Even Me. The, a quote from Even Me is as follows. A young woman who grows up in foster care, learning all about the good and the bad people in life. Then she is introduced to none only than Jesus Christ and begins to spread the gospel throughout the world as she embraces him fully. And now she loves the Lord with her whole heart, mind, body, and soul. And he is her rock and her foundation. Miss Onyx King is a native of Kalamazoo, Michigan. However, now she resides in Fort West, Fort Worth, Texas. She is a member of Como First Missionary Baptist Church, and she is an anointed singer on the praise team. We are so, so happy to have Miss King as our featured guest today. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Lotus Flower Podcast, Miss King. And thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. We are looking forward to a wonderful discussion with you. Welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. You're welcome. 
So why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? I know I gave a really good introduction on you and I and I appreciate all that you've done for the kingdom of the Lord with your life. Now, why don't you tell us a bit more that I'm sure would fill an entire book, but we <laughs> want you to just take your time and let the Lord use you how he would. Oh, thank you. Um, as, as Minister Robinson has said, um, my name is Onyx King. That is my pen name. My legal name is Antoinette Bryce. I'm very excited to be here. I did just win author of the year at the Kingdom Image Awards. And I also was nominated for a Henry Award at the Christian Literary Award Ceremony where Jennifer Holliday was on staff, not Jennifer Hudson. So right. I just want to add a little part in there. Um, it has been an awesome experience. But just, you know, think about how God could use someone like me. And the name of my book is Pandemic. And ever since Pandemic came out on the scene, it has just been, it's been breaking down barriers everywhere. Pandemic talks about my own struggle and my own triumphant victory with COVID-19. Mm -hmm. And myself and my new husband, we were both hospitalized with COVID-19. I was hospitalized for eight days and my husband was hospitalized for 23 days. And we weren't married yet. This was last year in August, mm -hmm. excuse me, last year in April. And pandemic was actually began as my journal, as I talked about all of the things that I went through, all the feelings that I had as I was in the hospital, when I got released from the hospital, as my fiance still lay in the hospital. It also talked about the feelings that I had knowing that they kept saying he was going to die. They said I was going to die. Oh, my. You know, my husband is also a survivor of cancer. So they really were saying people with, you know, other illnesses probably wouldn't make it. Right. So right. every day I called the hospital after I was released, I just knew they were going to tell me that my husband had passed in the night. Oh, but my. God is faithful. Yes, he, he is. is faithful. And it took all of that that I went through with my battle with COVID-19 for me to truly be able to embrace God as my father. Amen. You know, I don't know. A lot of times during last year, the quarantine was very depressing and it was, it was lonely and it was scary. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I began to see the Lord in all of his glory and his might, because I could literally feel him wrap his arms around me Praise when God. I was alone and I was waiting on my fiance and I didn't know whether he would live or die, but I just could feel God's arms literally around me, holding me and rocking me Praise and God. telling me that he was there with me. Praise God. Praise God. And out of that experience was birthed your book, Pandemic. Yes. And when you, when you wrote the book, were you writing it while you were in the hospital or after you re no. released from the hospital, you wrote it or? How did that come well, about? Well, like I said, pandemic began as my journal. Mm -hmm. you know, so I was journaling as I was going through the process. Mm -hmm. And especially when I came home, because like I said, I was in the hospital eight days, but my husband, he was in the hospital 23. So I actually began to journal once I came home and he was still there. Mm -hmm. So I was afraid and I was journaling. A lot of times in my life, you know, I may find it hard to say things or even speak to a certain person but I could always write it down. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I began to journal about my experiences. Mm -hmm. 
I cannot say out loud, you guys, because I'm, I'm this anointed person on this praise team and I got it going on and I believe in God. Well, you know, the truth of the matter is I was scared mm-hmm. and I couldn't say that to anyone, okay. but I could write it. I could say, look, I'm scared, Lord. I know, I, I believe, but Lord, help my unbelief because I don't know what's going to happen. I knew he was going to heal me. I didn't know whether it would be on this side or the other, mm-hmm. but I knew that he was going to heal me and my fiance. But mm-hmm. as a human, I was still very afraid. Amen. Amen. And very, very afraid. And when you were afraid at that time, were, were you a Christian at that time, believing in the Lord? Yes, Yes, ma'am. That is the whole point. And I say that, yes, I believe in the Lord right now. Mm -hmm. I believed in him then. But as a human, Mm -hmm. I listened to all the world telling me, you know, this COVID-19 is so horrible. It's going to take everybody out. So it seems like for a brief second, I forgot that God was able. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I just didn't, at the time I was afraid and didn't believe it. So Mm -hmm. I began to pray, Lord, help my unbelief. Okay. And And that is what helped me through because I had to be real with God. You Mm -hmm. know, a lot of times we get on this super spiritual pedestal, but you know what? God knows your heart anyway. He -hmm. knows what you're thinking. So, I mean, I can put on a a face for you or my neighbor next door, but God Mm -hmm. in heaven knows what's in my heart. Mm -hmm. That's right. So like I said, I'm, I'm saved, but I had to continue to pray, Lord, help my unbelief. Mm Mm-hmm. All those times when I began to fear, mm-hmm. when I began to worry, I had to pray times, Lord, help me. Because mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I felt like I was slipping and getting ready to fall off a cliff because I was, fear had just grabbed a hold of me. And I was trying to shake that stronghold loose and I couldn't. But I knew somewhere deep down, I knew because something in me was saying, Lord, I know you can do it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. in the forefront of my mind, and the human side of me, I was afraid. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. And then with, with, with that fear, I, I, I'm really um, pushed to say that when you had the fear, you had to do a Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which says to trust in the Lord with all your heart mm-hmm. and lean not onto your own understanding. And however, in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So I believe at that time, even though I wasn't there, I believe that that you actually actually stood on God's word. It may not have been that particular passage of scripture, but I know at that time, scripture actually comes to life. It leaps off the page and it actually becomes a part of who we are and it gets us through those particular uh, terrible times in our lives when everyone around us is saying things are going to go to the contrary. I thank God that he told you, no, it's going to go the opposite way. And you stood in your renewed strength because you knew the Lord Jesus Christ, even though there was a time that things looked like they were going, going left and you kind of were, were given in to, you know, the fear, that spirit down on the inside of you, something on the inside was stirring up on the outside and it brought about a change in your life. And I thank God for that. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Now, um, when you, when you write Miss, Miss King, how do you connect your emotions to your story? 
you know, that's a question that I have been asked before. And I find, like I said, I, it's hard for me to, to voice things sometimes. I'm always one who doesn't ever want to hurt someone's feelings or because I feel like my feelings have been hurt so many times. So mm-hmm. I'm really careful. So mm-hmm. I never want to hurt someone's feelings or I'm afraid I'm going to say the wrong thing because I really care or value others' opinions. And okay. I shouldn't, but I do. Okay. So with all of that being said, I can write it. And it seems like when I write about whatever is going on, whatever is in my heart, whatever is in my mind, it just comes, the emotions just flow with the pen. Uh-huh. It just flows uh-huh. out with the words. That's exactly what happens to me. Mm-hmm. And writing, I've always felt different because of that. Amen. Because I, I could write it down and it just, it's really therapeutic for me just to write it down. And, and as you said, sometimes you're, you're not able to voice those words out. You're not able to speak them out, but you're able to write them out. And when you, when you write those things out, how, how does that help you as a person to actually write out what you, what you can't speak about? What I can, what I can say is this, I don't care if somebody's gift may not be writing. Someone's gift may be singing. Someone's gift may be dancing. Mm -hmm. But when we have these emotions inside of us, you have to get them out. I know, I know I've been in a church and I know all of you have been in church and you hear the song, I got to praise and I got to get it out. Yes. Well, it's the same thing. Whatever is on the inside of you, it's going to come out. Mm-hmm. And so writing is my release for me. For someone else, as I said, it could be dancing. It could be singing. It, it could be doing a number of things. But writing just so happens to be my release. Mm-hmm. And whatever is there, whatever is hurtful, you got to say that thing. You got to dance that thing or you got to speak that thing. Whatever you got to do, you got to get it out of you. And mm-hmm. so when something is hurting me, it's like, I feel like I have to purge myself. And so writing is what that is doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I tell a lot of people, I'm a survivor of horrible, horrible, sexual, emotional, and physical child abuse. I could never, ever begin to tell people what happened to me. As I began to write, I could always write it down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. I can say, I'm mad at you. I may not be able to tell you to your face, but I can mm-hmm. write down, I'm mad at you because this happened to me. I see. Mm -hmm. That's good. And that that ties into, you know, I've recently uh, recently created and had designed some flashcards for children three to 14, right around the age you probably were in foster care. Children that are having a difficult time expressing those emotions verbally and just seeing those flashcards with those emotions on them, a picture of someone that's sad, a picture of someone that's angry, a picture of someone that's been rejected or hurt. And then they can see that picture and say, yes, point to it. That's how I'm feeling. Now, when you said that it actually triggered in me, yes, those types of resources are very helpful. Now, I know when you and I spoke over the phone, you said to me that you were able to write your feelings out. You were able to escape through books. And I said, that was, man, just right on, being able to (laughs) escape through books because, you know, as a therapist as well, I've talked with many people that have been traumatized just terribly to the degree that they actually, actually are harming themselves on the inside and on the outside. And they're not able to express they're not able to release through writing and through books or anything else. So it takes a long time in order for them to backtrack 
and get rid of some of that trauma in order to even begin to move forward. I wanted to ask you a little bit about how were you able to move forward and actually put this in writing coming from a background where you said that was traumatic as a child and then going through other things as an adult. And now you were able to actually put these experiences in and in two books, actually. And I know there are other books inside of you as well. <laughs> so how were you able to take all of that experience, the pain, the hurt, the fear, rejection, whatever else went on and actually put it down in an actual book that someone else's lives could actually be changed from it? Well, Pandemic and Even Me are not the only books that I've ever written. Pandemic and Even Me are, are the ninth and 10th book that I have written and published. Amen. It seems like <laughs> everything that I have, I've, I began my writing when I had to write about my own life. And that book is entitled The Girl That Glows. Mm -hmm. And I was able to talk about all those things that were hurting inside of me. But I want you to remember this. I'm 52 years old. Okay. Mm -hmm. A lot of the stuff that happened to me started when I was a two-year-old infant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It took going through drugs, incarceration, mental illness, sexual promiscuity. It took a lot. And finally, it took the love of Christ mm -hmm. to bring about a change in me. Mm -hmm. So what I want you to say, what, know is this. It's not something that just happens mm -hmm. overnight. It's okay. not something that is just really easy. It's something that's hard. Okay. It's something yeah. that's hard. And it has come, like I said, it, I have gone through so many different things. And what I want you also to know is there were so many people that were in my life along the way. Mm -hmm. You may not knew that you touched me in some kind of way. You may not know that, but mm -hmm. I can tell you now mm -hmm. as a 52 year old woman, I can still remember my counselors from when I was seven years old. And I can remember either one thing that they said to me that, that really helped break the ice just a little bit. And mm -hmm. so it took a combination of a lot of people in my life to bring me to a point where I could actually finally pour this trauma out on the table because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. it was really hard. And until a person can actually pour the things out on the table so that somebody can help them sort through all that garbage. Yes. You know, it's hard, but yeah. I want everyone to know everything you do or say to a person you meet even if it's just in passing, believe me, mm -hmm. somewhere down the line, it makes a difference. Yes, yes, it does. And you never know. The Bible says we could be entertaining angels unaware. And when we reject people or walk past those that are homeless or maybe not looking like we think they should and all, or when someone comes into the church and they're looking like um, a bag of bum, for lack of a better word, and we look right past that person, that could be an angel that we need to be, that we actually need to be kind to, loving to, and embracing, and sitting on the front row of the church, not looking, stooting our nose down at that person. None of us, I'm sure, would that are listening in the podcast audience, but we do know people that do that. And I thank God that you had people, it sounds like, in your life that spoke into your life. 
and good counselors that were able to go into those places, those deep crevices that were hurting and hidden in the dark. And they were able to help pull that stuff out. When I was going through school, we called it puke on the page. They were able to help you get that stuff up, just right up and out onto the page. And you were able to, even though it was messy, it was stinking and smelly, hurtful. You were able to yet deal with those things. And for that, I am so thankful. You know, I'm thankful for that. And I wanted, I just wanted to encourage our listening audience because there's nothing new under the sun. Just you went through this and there are others that are going through it and that will go through it. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter nine and it'll tell you about that there is nothing new under the sun. And our the Bible talks about how God gives power and power to the weak. And for those who have no might, he increases strength in Isaiah 40 and 29. In other words, he's saying that, that I won't kill the faint hearted. I won't look down them, down at them, you know, as though they're nothing. I won't just oppress them and, uh, and, and uh, seem as though they're invisible. But he said, I will give power to the weak. He, he said he would. The Lord said that he would be their strength. And he said that he will, he will not allow them to, to faint. He will give them the strength to be able to stand. So I want you all that are in our podcast audience to know that as Miss King is sharing, I want you to hold on. Don't grow weary in well-doing because your time is coming for you to reap. Just like Miss King has reaped and she's going to reap more. She just received that award and was nominated for another award. And to that, we say to God, be the glory, yet and still the Lord is renewing her strength and he is going to renew the strength of those in our listening audience that are going through similar things that she has walked through. Um, thank you so much for just being transparent about what you, what you did go through. And then if you think about your book, the next one that, that's there on Amazon that I saw called the... Um, the, the, your following book called um, Ending, um, Even Me, I'm sorry, Even Me. Can you tell us a little bit about what that entails and why you wrote that book? Yeah, I wrote Even Me. Um, I grew up in the foster care system. It talked about some of the bad things that happened. And then I also talk about some of the good things mm -hmm. that happened. And the young lady who's my heroine in Even Me ends up being a counselor at a domestic violence shelter. Mm -hmm. And it talks about all the things she goes through. And it just, it's ironic that October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Mm -hmm. And it, it's like, wow, my mm -hmm. heroine actually works at a domestic violence shelter. So it deals with a lot of trauma as well. It oh. seems like all of the books that I've written have dealt with some sort of trauma that either has happened in my life or has happened to someone close to me in life. Mm -hmm. Because that's, like I said, how I've chosen to deal with certain things in my life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so out of, out of, it sounds as though out of your own personal experience, you're able to take what you've gone through and write about those things in such a way that it comes out um, in, in a, in, with a positive spin, even though you've got yes, to go, go yes, and help somebody. I can else. tell you that a lot of people, even as a kid, mm -hmm. a lot of people would give me a book and say, read this. Well, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but I love reading, but I didn't really particularly care to read all these technical textbooks. I, I always wanted to read a story, something that's going to take me away from what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. 
So mm -hmm. I, in turn, and knowing that, when I began to write, I always made sure that the books that I wrote were always going to be in storybook form so mm -hmm. that you can gain what you need to get out of there. Because mm -hmm. see, God really is our strength. But mm -hmm. me telling you like that, mm -hmm. a person who really doesn't understand, they won't receive that. I right. need to tell it to you where that you're going to like it. It's just like somebody giving you some medicine. If you sprinkle a little sugar on it, it'll mm -hmm. go down easier. Right, right, exactly, exactly. And you know, uh, there was um, there was one of my um, seminary um, professors that put it this way, and I will never forget it. That he said that his mama, she was cooking some deer meat, you know, and mm -hmm. they were down way down in North Carolina in the backwoods and that's all they pretty much had to eat because it was like 15 kids and a mama and a dad. So dad would go out there and get the wild animals. He got a deer. And when he caught that deer, he brought it home and he cooked the deer up. And, you know, he said, man, this stuff tastes so nasty. He really didn't like the deer meat at all. But, you know, back then you definitely weren't going to tell your parents that because you'd be, you would not live to tell the story. So he said, <laughs> what he did is that he just, you know, pretended as though he was eating it, but he really didn't and all. But then he said, what happened is his mother uh, began to notice that, you know, that the kids really didn't care for the meat. And he said, actually, she didn't either. So she packaged this meat in a whole nother way. She, she actually prepared the meat in such a way where she put some gravy on it. She put some garlic in it. She put some onion in there. Oh, she just doctored it up. So, and it was smelling so good. And, oh, and then she cooked some rice to go with it. And she put it on a bed of rice and she gave the family that meat that, that night for dinner. And they just went through it. Oh, they were just chopping they just could not get enough licking their lips and their fingers and everything. And they were asking for seconds. But, you know, at the end, they, they said, Mama, what kind of meat was that? What did you cook? And she told him, you know, that was that deer meat that you all don't like and all. And he said, you mean you fed us the deer meat, Mama? She said, yes. She said, it all depends on how you package it. Yeah. She said, I packaged it a whole nother way. It was the same old stuff, but when I put it in that different seasoning and all, you all just took it right down. And thank God, when we package stuff the right way, we can actually get it over and across to people in such a way that they'll receive it. You could actually be telling somebody something that is really hurtful to them. Not because you're trying to hurt them, but because sometimes something that they might have done may require you to tell them something that's that's quite hurtful. But it depends on how you package it. I heard you say putting the sugar on the medicine makes it go down. Like Mary Poppins, a spoonful of <laughs> sugar makes the medicine go down, the medicine go down. You know, that's so true. And I am so thankful that you have actually taken your writing and eloquently put some sugar on it. You put some sugar on those places that were hard. You put some yeah. sugar on that pain, didn't you? You put some sugar on I that did. abuse <laughs> and the trauma. And oh, when you put the sugar on, it just went on down and then your book won an award because of the sugar that was on it. Thank God for that. Now, God is a God of perfection. And I thank him that he has perfected you. I told you the other night, if you hadn't shared some of your story with me, I would have never known that you had gone through what you said you went through as a kid. 
because God can bring you out of something smelling just like a beautiful flower that you are. You can come out of something and there'll be no stench of smoke at all. And I thank God that you are a beautiful woman inside and out. And that <laughs> is God. That is God. It's something on the inside that was working on the outside that brought about a change in Antoinette's life. And that was the Holy Spirit. And our podcast audience, I want you all to be encouraged and know that God is yet working on you. Your season is coming. Now, let's talk a little bit about the change of season. When did things start changing in your life for, for the better, Miss Antoinette? Okay, what happened in my life is my life began to change on Christmas Eve of 2015. And that's the day that I came home from prison. And I decided, you know what? I'm down here in Texas. I'm from Michigan. I have no money. I have no way to get back to Michigan. Okay, you know what? I've heard about this guy. People talk about this guy. I'm going to try him for myself, for real this time. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to go to some church and let them say some fancy prayer. I'm going to call out to him for myself right here mm -hmm. under this bridge. And that's exactly what I did. I didn't say a special prayer. I didn't have to have no special preacher say it over me. Okay. I talked to God just like I'm talking to you. Amen. And I said, Lord, help me. Help me. And when I did that, my life began to get better. I'm not going to tell you that things were just like a snap of a finger. But what I began to notice is things were still hard. I could actually feel the presence. I knew God was with me as I was going through the things. And that's what made it easier. A lot of times in life, we feel like we're alone. And that's what hurts us more than the actual thing that we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. But when you know that God is with you, it seems like you can do it. Can you remember when you were a kid and when the school bullies were chasing you, you were scared. But when your cousins were there, you had all that. And you're bad now. That's oh, my right. cousins are my sisters. Are, somebody's with me. So now I can do it. And that's what I had to, I began to realize. I realized that God was with me. And then there was nothing that I couldn't accomplish. That's good. That's good. And he was with you. And you said, I got, he's got my back. He's got my front. He got my side. He got all of me. I'm just wrapped up in Jesus. And when you realize that you were able to fly. And I thank and praise God that he says in his word that I'll, he said, if you wait on me, I'll renew your strength. He said, if you wait on me, everything is going to be all right. Now in Isaiah 40 and 31, it says, but those who wait on the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Yes. So if you're hurting out there right now, be patient. Help is on the way. Just cry out, just like Antoinette did, cry out, Lord, help me. I've fallen. I can't get up. Say to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me and help my unbelief. Because I know that when the time is dark and the situation has your back against a wall, sometimes unbelief sets in and it is over the top. And how in the world can you break through at that time when the enemy has your back against the wall and everything is dark around you? Yes, you do it just like Miss Antoinette said. You come out saying, Lord Jesus, I 
see you, just like I saw my cousin. I saw my cousin Tina. I saw my cousin Billy. I saw my cousin Susan. I saw my cousins. They were all out there saying, okay, you hit her, I'm going to hit you. You do this, I'm going to hit you. I'm going to call your bluff. And just like that, she likened that to the Holy Spirit and to Jesus. And she knew that Jesus and the Holy Spirit was standing right there with her in the midst of that trial and in the midst of that being backed up against the wall. And she came out swinging and she had she had her shoulders broad and she walked with swag. And she said, I got this because the Lord is fighting my battle. And those of you that are in this podcast audience, this is real talk today. God will give power to you to stand through whatever you're going through. There are women out there right now under the sound of our voices that are going through domestic violence. You're getting beat. You're getting slapped. You're getting hit. You're getting violated verbally. All these things are happening to you and you don't know what you're going to do and how you're going to ever get out of it alive. But we want to tell you today that there's a man named Jesus that can get you out of it alive. But you first got to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all the other things will be added. Now you say, well, how do I do that? Like Miss Antoinette said, yeah, it seems like, yeah, what we're saying is so easy. No, it's not going to be easy, but you got to take the first step. That's the hardest part. Call someone. If it's that bad, call someone. Go to your nearest emergency room. Call 911. Go to a domestic violence shelter. Seek out the help of your pastor or trained professional counselor. Seek out the help of your support system and leave that situation behind you and start afresh. Look what the Lord did through Antoinette's life when she left that situation behind her and she said, enough is enough. Look at the hidden precious jewels that were laying dormant on the inside of this young lady. And we thank and praise God that he was able to get the glory out of her life. And our podcast listening audience, the Lord wants to get the glory out of your broken pieces. He said the potter wants to do what? Put you back together again. Yes, he did. And I thank God that he has done just that for Antoinette. And he has done that for me. And I'm sure he has done that for many of you that are listening under the sound of our voices today. Now, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about the writing process, because I'm a writer myself. And I know a lot of people that love writing. And they're afraid to get out there and do it, though. And they got a book on the inside of them, but there's got to be birth. So if you had to give advice to people that are wanting to write a, their very first book, what might you tell someone that's working on their first book? And how can they go ahead and actually get started with that process? Well, what I wanna what I want to say about writing is. Someone always says, and you, and I'm sure you've heard people say it all the time too. Oh yeah, I want to write a book. Well, mm-hmm. what usually stops people is they try to edit as they write. And okay. what you need to realize is that's another person's job. Mm-hmm. Your job is to simply write, mm-hmm. simply write. I don't care what it is. You need to mark off time in your day. I don't care if it's 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Me personally, I'm up to three hours every single day. I'm sitting there. I don't mm-hmm. care what I'm writing about, but 
So you need to block off, even if you have to start off with five minutes, mm -hmm. close yourself off and just write. Mm -hmm. Don't try to fix what you're writing. Don't try to make sense of what you're writing. Just write. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And after a while that you're going to get used to it. And once you write, you have this whole stack of papers. You're like, what in the world? That's when you hire an editor and that's their job to make sense out of it. But a writer's job is simply to write. I see. And and when you hire the, the editor, is that in, in the process of those that don't that don't know, can you tell us what what an editor is or what does the editor do? Absolutely. I this is this is my this is my own personal feelings. I believe you should have five other pair of eyes on your work besides your own. Mm -hmm. Once you have written down an entire packet of papers, mm -hmm. then you need to have one person that's just going to go through your book mm -hmm. and look for all of your spelling errors. Mm -hmm. That's what that first editor does. Look mm -hmm. for the spelling errors. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then you're going to go to another person and they're going to look for the punctuation errors in your book mm -hmm. and they're an editor. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to go to another person and they're going to make sure that your subject and verb agree throughout the book. And these are all big terms. But if you look, if, I'm sure if you just, you can Google, you know, Google everything's on Google. Mm -hmm. So if you want to Google the different editors and you can maybe find an editing company, somebody is going to do that. But you need to have one person look for different things in your book, okay? Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. you need five pair of eyes besides your own which would make six before your book is complete. Mm -hmm. Someone needs to do story content. Someone needs to make sure the book flows right. But just let them concentrate on one thing. That's what an editor does. It correct, an editor corrects the errors that you've written. That's what an editor is. I see. And the editor, when the editor is correcting and, and going over your work, is how is that different from a ghostwriter then? Okay, this is the thing. Now, when it comes to ghostwriting, there's two different things, an author and a writer. Most okay. of the time, they're one and the same, okay? Mm -hmm. Every now and then, an author will tell the story and the writer writes it down. That's a ghostwriter. Okay. See, someone else will tell the story and then the writer will write it down. So that's the difference, okay? Mm -hmm. So when you have it one and the same, my suggestion, now this is just me, okay. I write everything on Google Drive because when you write your story on Google Drive, then you can share it with the different people who are going to help you. And then when they edit, they'll edit in different colors. And mm -hmm. then they'll tell you, like, they'll look at a sentence and says, oh, this sentence might be better said like this. Mm -hmm. And that's how it's corrected. So mm -hmm. and if you just share your drive with them, you can actually watch as they're going through editing your book. Mm -hmm. And then you can fix the things that they want. So, I mean, it's kind of complicated. And I actually... Someone actually invited me to an entire workshop, and I think I'm going to just so that I can get so that I can let people know the actual process. But mm -hmm. I mean, it's once you learn, mm -hmm. because you're going to see all kinds of signs that are going to say, pay me $19.99 and I'll do your book. And that's ridiculous because you can do it yourself. Mm -hmm. But you have to know what you're doing. And that's like an entire different conversation within itself. I see. But that's very helpful what you share. That's very helpful okay. for someone that's listening and they are afraid to go ahead and, and get out there because they don't know what it, it holds. And so what you shared with us definitely is very helpful and having them know that their job is to actually begin the writing process. Just that's write, it. 
set aside three hours or more per day out of your schedule? Or even if it's starting at 10 minutes, three hours is where I'm at now, but Mm -hmm. I didn't start there. You can Mm -hmm. start at 10 minutes Mm -hmm. and just write. And then you said that next step is for the editor to take what you have written and make sense. And then that's right. Mm -hmm. You need to have five other pairs of eyes on it besides your own. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's excellent. And um, what, how, when did you first call yourself a writer? Because a writer and an author are, you know, two different things. Anyone, you know, not anyone, but people write all the time and they don't, you know, take that writing and turn it into, you know, a book and become an author. So when did you call yourself a a writer or when did you call yourself, you know, I'm an author at this point? The first time I had something published. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you can say, because everybody writes, people write the grocery list. That's right. Oh, yeah, you can do that. But no, when I actually had a piece published, that's when I began to call myself a published author or a published writer. Do you rough? Do you kind of roughly remember when that that might have been? Like like eight years ago, actually, seven years mm, ago. Actually, that began when I was still in prison. Yeah, because I wrote and sent in an essay to this magazine, and it was actually published. So when that happened, that's when I began to call myself actually a published writer because uh-huh. that's actually when I began one. When okay. my first piece of work was published. Yes. That's great. And I know that had to, that just was, I'm sure that was just so meaningful to you to have been in that predicament, send that in and have it actually published. Yeah. What now I know that must have really did something for you as far <laughs> as as far as in your building your spirit up, would you say? Yes. Yeah. I don't words did, in your like mouth. I said, writing is important to me. Um, it may not be important to someone else, but it is to me. It makes me feel good. I like to read things. They make me feel good. Mm-hmm. And so I've always kind of looked at myself like, oh, I'm a nerd or nobody really cares about what I say or nobody cares about what I think. But when I began to write things down and people began to say, hey, I really like that or that touched me or, or, or I, can, I can relate to that. And then I was like, hey, well, maybe somebody does think what I have to say is important. Mm-hmm. That's when it began to change me. That's great. That's great. And so and how, how do you use social media as an author to help you? Okay, marketing is, not probably, marketing is the hardest thing to do in writing. It is. Okay. And social media, because everyone, I can tell you, even your mothers in church are on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Everyone is on social media. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I began to use it that way. And mm-hmm. everything I've done, I always put it on Facebook. I put it on Instagram. I tweet about it. I write and do a little TikTok song or dance about it. I take pictures about it because okay. pe- everyone is on social media today. Everybody. Okay. From the, el- from the eldest to the youngest, it sounds like. That's right. They're on social media. That's right. So you do, you do use social media in such a way that it helps you to market your books and all. Yes. Yes. Now, I use what- Facebook, Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat. I use them all. Yes, I do. That's good. And I was going to say which ones and thank you. Now also <laughs> um, with, with when you're publishing your book and all, that's a very, very, very exciting time. And when we're, when we're publishing as, you know, as an author myself, you know, my, my most favorite part of, of the publishing process is in the end when they give me the manuscript <laughs> back and they say, yes, this can go. So what yeah. would you say your most favorite part is in the process when of publishing? I, when I see my book in print, 
when I can pick up something that I've written and hold it in my hand like this, yes. I'm like, ah, and I'm excited. <laughs> okay. I get really excited when that happens, when I can actually hold something that I've written. <laughs> something tangible right there in your hand. Yeah. That's good. And so also as an author, when the cover is being designed, do you, do you make sure that you have a lot of input in the cover design and how it's going to look and what goes there? Or do you trust your editor or, or the designer to do that part? Um, no, I don't. What I can say is I never, I have clip. First of all, a lot of people use clip art or all kinds of things to write. Excuse me, I'm walking through my house. <laughs> people use clip art. But you need to make sure that, first of all, your whatever design that you're using is copywritten. So mm -hmm. therefore, I may find anything that I see. I may see something in, in a little art fair. I may see something written by someone anywhere that I'll get inspired from. And when that happens, I usually have one person that I talk to. And it could be some young person that you meet that likes to play on the computer. Mm -hmm. Who's really gifted in that design? Mm -hmm. And so gifted in that design area. And so with with those the two covers of the books that I'm familiar with that you've written, those covers did you design those or did you no, have? No, I a, did not. I had a good cover. Well, I had I had a young man who actually designed the cover for both of those. Mm -hmm. Okay, I gave him the pictures and he actually made it into the book cover. I see. And and did it come out exactly like you would have wanted it or did you have to keep going back for edits? Or Because I want people to know that there are many edits when you're going through the writing yes. process. So like, you know, the important thing is, and I, when, I, when it came time to put my cover together, mm -hmm. I actually was sitting right there with my copy editor and we went back and forth for hours just to get things right. Mm -hmm. For hours and I and I can attest to that as well, to going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, but having, being resilient and not giving up yeah, and not getting- Can't give up, yeah. Yes. Because you have to remember that what you, the picture you have in your mind, mm -hmm. whoever's helping you, they can't see that picture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, they're going by what you tell them. Mm -hmm. And once they go by what you tell them, what that picture is, that's how they eventually get it right. You have to continuously, if they give you a picture, they say, okay, is this what you're talking about? Mm -hmm. And you're like, no, I really like the letters that are slanted this way. Or I want the picture slanted. I mean, it's a whole process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sure is. It sure is. And like you said, when you're going through the process and it gets to the point where it gets a little bit uh, challenging and it seems like you're going hitting against a brick wall and you're going back and forth with the editor and the designer and all that, that's the time not to quit. That's the time not to give up. And that's the time you've got to have a team of people that are working with you that, that actually can work with you, that they won't get frustrated and give up on you and say, this is just too much for me. So make sure when you are out there, our podcast audience, that when you want to write, make sure you seek out the Lord first to send the right people to be in partnership with you when you're going through that process. 
I know I had a yeah, good team. Yeah, having a good team. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, a good team of people that are going to actually be able to catch the vision that you have and run with it no matter what. And also, it isn't a free process. So you got to make sure that, you know, you can shop around. Now, they're, they're you can shop around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I said, um, a lot of times you'll see people say, I'll help you for $1,999. That's ridiculous. I wouldn't pay that. But I'm going to tell you now. A book is 8,000 words. So that's a lot. When you're getting someone to help you, just know, um, absolutely, you may find someone that will bless you and spend a few hours with you, but please be prepared to pay something, okay? You just, that's something that you've got to be prepared to do. Um, I can say, I mean, like I said, I have five other pairs of eyes. Now, not one editor that I've ever met is free. Mm -hmm. Now, the cost for editing has always ranged me from like 50 bucks to maybe 250 bucks. Depends on what they have to do and how much they have to do. That's right. But I'm telling you, that process is not free. Um, my copy editor, once it's already edited and everything, and once he's putting it together mm -hmm. and uploading it up onto Amazon, that's a that's a cost as well. I mean, it costs. It costs. Now, I'm I'm not saying that mm -hmm. it's totally free. So she's absolutely correct. There is a price you have to remember that because there's nothing in this world that's free. That's right. And it makes it much more worthwhile when you know that yeah. you've actually sacrificed and you've actually paid something into this process, you've given something that costs you something, then it's going to mean more to you as well. And yeah. I am thankful for that. Um, I also want to ask you of the books that you have written, which is your favorite? The Girl That Glows. <laughs> that and is my very know. first book, and it was my life story. That is oh, my favorite. And, and that's why, and the title, The Girl That Glows, where did you come up with that title? The Girl That Glows is because I've always, no matter what I've gone through in my life, there's always been that glow on the inside of me. Now, I didn't know about the Holy Spirit. I didn't know about, you know, God working with me, not for real. I mean, I heard about it all my life, but you know what? My grandmama prayed for me. Somebody was always praying for me. And that glow that was on the inside of me, mm -hmm. it just began to get brighter and brighter mm -hmm. and glow towards the outside of me. And that's how the name of that book came about, because mm -hmm. I am a girl that glows. I don't matter what I've been through. The mm -hmm. Holy Spirit has glowed within me to shine bright, to send his word to other people. And that's where it means so much to me. That's beautiful. And as I read through your book, Pandemic, and I looked at those pages, it's it's the text offers such a framework for seeing trauma and its impact in the lives of individuals in our society that have been disenfranchised. And, and I when I looked at the text, I saw that you took so much care to explain, you know, the, the woundings that people had been through and, and all. You you somewhat included in there, you know, uh, from a from a religious standpoint, but you also, when I read it, you also looked as though you were making sure that those that were unchurched could actually see themselves in your writing yes. as well. And yes. the book, it actually, it somewhat explores trauma and all, but when it's exploring that trauma, it's expressing it in such a way that it's restoring and it's building and it's giving people hope again. 
So you, yes. you did a wonderful job the way you framed Thank you. that. Thank you. Yeah. And okay. I would encourage our podcast listening audience to go to Amazon and look on Amazon for the book Pandemic, Onyx King Pandemic. And there you will find her book and it's available for you to purchase. And don't only purchase one copy, purchase several because I want you to gift some copies to your family, friends, and loved ones. Let's be a blessing to one Praise another. God. That is what it's all about. Now, before we before we do end the podcast, I want you to let me know, is there anything else that I did not ask you that you may have wanted to share? No, I just, I just you know what? This has been a wonderful time. Um, I really appreciate the, how you tied in the unchurched with the church so it seems like everyone was included it was an awesome feeling and I'm just grateful for that. thank you so much you know the Lord has has actually called myself and my husband to actually minister most importantly to those that are unchurched to those that are lost and hurting and disenfranchised misunderstood and all. We know those that are in the church, you know, they're being well-fed. In our churches today, we have very anointed men and women of God that are really doing a good job, especially in this day that we're walking through. But however, there are people that are that will never set foot in a church, Antoinette, you know that. They'll never yep. set foot in a church. And never. we are the only Bibles that they will ever read. It's our lives. And so we all want to make sure that we are touching the unchurched people out here. And we thank God that he has graced us in such a way that we're able to, to be touchable Amen. and to build people up and not go out and real press people. We got to be very careful that those that are wounded, those that are hurting, those that are survivors of trauma, that when they do come in our presence or they read our materials or they listen to our podcasts or our worship service or whatever we do, that when they come in our presence, that we are not re-traumatizing them. We're not picking that wound back open, not, not doing it intentionally. But there are times in our lives that we could say some things and do some things and we can cause a wound to open back up for someone and there's no one to close it back up. But I want you to, do, to be encouraged, Antoinette, and I want you to be encouraged, our listening audience, by these words that the Bible tells us to be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And it says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will do what? Guard your hearts and it will guard your minds and it will guard it through Christ Jesus himself. So when, when people, when people out here and they'll do this, when they look at you and they will look at you in such a way that they're confused, they're confused because they're saying, why is she looking so peaceful? All that I know that she has gone through in her life. And it doesn't even seem like she has gone through anything. You tell them that it's simply God. God has given me the peace. And tell them, try him. 
To try him is to believe him and to try him is to love him. Lean on Jesus. When you can't lean on nobody else, I want you to be encouraged, beloved, to lean on God. You see, he's got you in the palm of his hand. Be sure to listen to the Lotus Flower podcast on Amazon, on Wix.com, on Reason XM, on Spotify, and please listen to the podcast wherever podcast platforms are held. And be sure to subscribe to the Lotus Flower podcast. We are trying our best to reach a goal. At this point, we have over 300 followers. We want to have that number reach 700, 700 followers, which will be our subscribers by the end of this year. You think we can do it, Miss Antoinette? I think you can do it. (laughs) We need you to help us with that. We need you to share, post, and tell your listening audience and those in your network to subscribe to the Lotus Flower Podcast. And it isn't because we just want subscribers. We want subscribers because we want them to get to know the man upstairs, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your time today. You have blessed my soul. You have blessed me such in such a way that I... I just cannot even express it, Miss Antoinette. I thank God that you are a living testimony of his grace and his goodness and his mercy. Keep on keeping on because you are a royal princess. Thank you for joining us. Have thank a blessed, you. sunshiny and prosperous day in the Lord. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Once again, this is the Lotus Flower Podcast. I want to encourage you all to be sure to purchase Onyx King's books on Amazon or wherever books are sold. I will be leaving her information at the end of the podcast whereby you can go to that information and subscribe to her website as well as purchase those books that she has written. Thank God, thank God, thank God. Be encouraged, beloved, and know that the Lord will renew your strength. He said in his word, that if you trust in him and lean not into your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him. He said he would lead. He said he would guide. And he said that he would direct your paths and be encouraged, beloved. God said that I am with you even until the end of the world. Hold on, my sister. Hold on, my brother. Because the peace of God 
which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And know this, that even if the man puts you in a prison cell and locks you behind those bars, they can never lock up your mind. Hallelujah. They can never lock up your spirit because God said that he, that the son sets free, he is free indeed. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Have a blessed, sunshiny, blooming, prosperous day in the Lord. Bye-bye for now.